Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. We are talking about the entirety of Grant Morrison's DC work. No, I'm sorry, we're talking about the books coming out on uh, September 20th, 2022, starting with Batman Superman World's Finest, number seven, written by, of course, Mark Wade, illustrated by Dan Mora. Zach, why don't you start us off with this one? What did you think of this first issue of this new uh, this new arc? So this book on its own, like at face value, is not doing anything special really, but it's also everything that I want from a DC comic at this point. <laughs> it 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 just hits all my buttons. This is this is way doing a comic for me. It opens up with the all-star Superman bit. Uh it has some fun candor stuff. The costumes are good. The art's incredible. It's doing hyper time. It's all very fun. Ultimately, kind of, I, I won't say meaningless, but a little slight and all, and also not doing anything new with any of these concepts, but it's just very cool. It looks good. It's, it's exactly what I want it from a DC comic right now. Vince? Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> uh, this one was just a joy to read. It was just a joy to look at, you know, like when, when I saw, cause I flipped through this before I actually started reading it. And when I saw that they were introducing some like new teen character, um, that's the stuff that teases your mind. Right. And is this, is this guy going to amount to anything? I don't know, but, but it's expansive in the way that I feel like the DC universe should be. Um, and it's, it's, it's showing you something new and different or a spin on something familiar. You know, they do the Wade does the, the all-star Superman thing with the, the doomed planet narration. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, again, it's Wade playing with something that is like DC canon. It's, it's very much in the, uh, sort of like most famous motifs now in DC history, I think, you know, like writers and artists are playing upon that more and more. Right. And it's just fun to watch Wade get in on that. Um, and I don't even know how to talk about this book without gushing because it is really the book, the singular book that I look most forward to reading every month. And it's because of stuff like that. And it's because Wade does like hyper time nods without making you feel like, like that is the story. You know, if you want to compare this to like all the hyper time references in uh, flashpoint beyond or whatever the hell it's called there, especially in the most recent issue, John's explaining all that stuff was the story. Whereas here, Wade actually tells you a story crafts a narrative with a new character that you've never met before and makes that the story. And then hyper time just happens to be a, a backdrop of it. Um, he's so good at that and, and at putting story first, you know? Um, and then I can't say enough about 
Dan Moore's art, which is just glorious to look at. <laughs> the costume design for the new character is so great. It evokes like uh, it evokes almost like a Legion of Superheroes. Oh, it's definitely Legion. Yeah. 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 Which again makes it teased my mind in that way that like the references to Mark Wade's uh, Legion from that we talked about like a week or two ago teased my mind. And, and I just can't help but think that that Wade is going to be one of those writers at DC where we're going to constantly be looking for hints about what's around the corner. We're already doing it. We're already like, we're already maybe getting ahead of ourselves, pegging him as the next kind of leader of the DC meta narrative, whether that's true or not. Well, I, I, I will counter that by saying that there was something that was released today, uh, a solicit for an upcoming dark crisis tie in that bills it as being by written by quote, DC architect, Mark Wade. <laughs> oh man. So okay. like just, just All the right. fact that they use that term in the solicits says that, I don't think uh I don't think we're, we're overstating it. No, exactly, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. anyway, I, I think this is great. Uh you know, you guys took a lot of what I was gonna say uh from me, but this is fantastic. This what I love about this and actually about another uh another book we're gonna talk about a little bit later is one of my big takeaways from reading the new 52 again for our Patreon project, patreon.com slash DC three cast uh, is that I think in the worst times of the DC three cast, there is uh, yes, Jesus Christ, new 52. Um, there, <laughs> the, uh, there is this claustrophobia. Synonymous. Exactly. Uh, there is this claustrophobia inherent in the writing where everybody's afraid to let the windows open and let other ideas and characters come through. There are these little silos. And when you do get people breaking through those walls, it feels awkward and stilted. Whereas something like this is just so flowing and loose. You know, the Teen Titans show up at the end of this and it feels totally natural. Of course the Teen Titans would show up in this, right? Like everything that happens just feels like Wade and Mora have created this palette where anything goes. And that's not to say that it feels formless because it doesn't. I, I think that there's, there's absolutely a structure and a, a tone to this, but they've built in the possibility of so much more. And I mean, that's why I love comics, right? I just, I love the fact that you never know what's going to you never when you turn each page in this book you never know who or what's going to show up old concept new concept new character old character and it just it it just flows seamlessly throughout this whole book and i think that's i think that has everything to do with both the art and the storytelling and the the script rather i i think that both are just the art manages to be both I feel like a word Vince uses a lot when talking about media in general is modern. And I feel like the art definitely has a modernist slant to it, but it also feels incredibly classic. Everything about this just feels inviting 
to the entire scope and history of DC Comics. And and that's why I love comics. Yeah. Yeah, that shot of the Teen Titans, it's it's I, I talk about this I, I talk about this fairly often, I think, but I, I don't know that I ever describe it properly. I, I need to come up with like a word for it or something. But you look at that image that that Dan Mora does of the Teen Titans, you look at it and your brain goes Yes, that's how they should look. That's how they've always looked. Yes, yes. It's class. And yet if you went back and looked at an actual panel from those books, it doesn't look like that. It's low. It's, you know, it's lower fi or whatever. It's that doesn't make the art any lesser for its time. But, you know, the the rendering is incredibly modern, but your brain looks at it and goes, that is classic Teen Titans. That's how they look. That's how they should look, you know. In a way, um, I think that that he shares that with Doc Shaner. Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, there's got to be a name for it. We got to come up with a name for yeah. that. It's 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 not like the Mandela effect at all, but it needs a name <laughs> like that. You know, I I don't know what. I think we have to think of a musician whose work feels very classic, but is modern. Mm. You know. It's the, I don't know. I feel like for us, it's going to wind up being the Sufjan effect, just because <laughs> it's, who, it's who we are. <laughs> I don't know that that does a better job of explaining it than I do, but... It doesn't, but that's okay. We'll still call it the Sufjan effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else uh, to say about this issue before we move on? I mean, it's great. I, I, don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to cut short our conversation. I just feel like we've talked about this book, I think, six of the seven uh months that came out <laughs> so yeah. far we came out uh, did did we mention the bottle city of candor i, exactly. I mentioned uh, candor yeah you, you did okay did we mention that i maybe maybe this is just me maybe i'm full of shit but this kid uh this kid that like falls into the current universe or whatever it is has powers much like jakeem thunder like the like the um, the genie or whatever, right? Thunderbolt? Like, yeah, looks that same shade of pink. I mean, it's I, it might be a stretch, but it very much is rendered in that same way. Uh, I, I would I would disagree with that. You think that's a stretch? I think that's an incredible stretch. Yes. I mean, why? Why it? It's the same color. A Mister Incredible. Uh, it really isn't the same color at all. Mrs. Incredible stretch. Okay. No, first of all, he he glows that color for like a panel and a half. Uh, it's not uh -huh. really that much that's there. The Jakeem Thunder one is, I mean, <clears throat> I guess the color is similar, but to me, but they're they're. We, if we, anything, this is more like the Super Solar Flare Superman from the <laughs> New Fifty Two. You know, I actually thought in the like in, in the sort of costume that he arrives in. He sort of looks like the Flashpoint Superman. Kaioken times 20. Huh? It's for Vince. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I did not. I did not uh, get any Jakeem Thunder vibes off of this. All right. Okay, we'll see. I also feel like that color pink in the DC universe is not like the Dr. Manhattan blue. 
where like you you know that they're referencing something with it, you know. All right. We'll see. I'm just saying I think I've read every single Jakeem Thunder appearance ever published. <laughs> so Oh, we got a Jakeem Thunder expert in the room. Hey, I, I'm also reviewing Stargirl, the TV show of, of which he is a regular cast member now. So that shows wild guys. It's not great. All right. It's wild. Well, when we find when we find out that this kid is a genie, I'll I'll take my laps. Okay. That's it's literally good. all this show is anymore. Each of us making <laughs> Increasingly baseless prescript uh, <laughs> predictions and, and dunking on the others when we're right. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. All right, well, let's talk about the next book of the week then, which is Black Adam number four. This is written by Christopher Priest, illustrated by Rafa Sandoval. Vinci, you start us off with it. Zach started last time. Your turn now. I think I've lost the plot on this one. Um, this one had Bible verses, so he couldn't follow it. Yeah, I've... <laughs> no, but but you know what it did have that I that I find, um, I that I find I just let whiff right past my smooth brain. What's that? Um, j- a bunch of like gods from I will agree other... with that. Yes, <laughs> from 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 like ancient lore or whatever. I I I find when. You know, the same thing happens with Wonder Woman stories. Same thing happens with uh, any of these stories where, like, you introduce ancient gods. And I feel like I'm supposed to know them. And I pull up a Wikipedia page. Vince, you do know these gods. (laughs) Marduk of the Marduk Institute. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. No, um, it's just, it's, it's, this issue is a lot of lore dump, I feel. And I think, I think if you quickly brush past that stuff, um, the book still has an energy that I really like. And I'm still invested in, I'm still invested in Malik's story quite a bit. I've got no idea what's going on with Black Adam and, and, and I kind of, I kind of want, I kind of want that to resolve quickly, because I don't give a shit about uh, the Akkad and the and Anu, the the father and Ashur the son, and and his you know father saying? of a Chew. Yeah, <laughs> you've lost your arms. <laughs> you grew some nice boobs, though. Exactly. Zach has no idea what we're talking about, as always. No, it's okay. Zach, Zach, you've not seen Men in Tights. Uh, I pro, I have definitely uh, been exposed to it, but it's no, it's not, it's not, it's not part of the canon. Yeah. No. When let me and Vince just texted back and forth as we both watched, both watched it on cable. Yeah, we. Yeah, that was. That was a that was a very fun night. That was a fun night. It was yeah. like it was like one a.m. and we were cracking Richard Lewis jokes. Yeah, and, and at one point, I remember Erin was sleeping next to me, and she woke up and she goes, "Is are you talking? Are you texting Vince still?" And I was like, "Yes, go away. I'm talking my friend." <laughs> um, he hit his pants off for some reason. Yeah, it was hot that night. That's all. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, Vince, I don't think you're wrong about that. I, I think that the uh, 
all the God stuff here is just a little bit too. <sighs> There's detail here for no reason. Like, I don't think they throw you right into it, too. There's no. Yeah. And I don't think that there's necessarily enough here. I don't think there's enough of interest in here. There's just, we're not going to need this stuff. Like, to me, what I love about this is that Black Adam went through space and inhaled some space gods. Like, that is that is a very Morrisonian statement, right? Like, this, uh, that there's this, like, weird interplanetary existence that comes through somebody, like, breathing in space. I love, that's great. But that's all I need from this. I do not need any of the actual history of these gods, any of that. And all the names are all, you know, again, just just rolling off my smooth brain unless I'm really focusing and paying attention to every single name. But because the characters give me no reason to pay attention. These I are do... all real gods, though. I know, but, but they have no relevance to me or the story. Um, I think they have relevance to the story. And no surprise to anyone, I'm uh, the opposite of you two in that I care more about the Black Adam part of the story than the Malik story. Mm. I'm snoozing on the Malik side, but the Black Adam stuff I'm hooting and hollering at. Go off. It's, it, it, it's oh, not I don't have much else to that... say other than that. I just, I, yeah, I, I like the Space Gods uh, dust thing, and I also like... Uh, I, I I think that this is more important than than maybe I I I feel like this stuff is more important than maybe you guys think that it is. Important how? To the story. Like I think this stuff is I don't think Priest is just like throwing it in there willy nilly. Huh. I don't, this is the book that, like, if you would, if, if you asked me exactly what I wanted out of comics, I would have said Christopher Priest writing a Shazam book, essentially. And I just feel like the stuff that I love in this, I absolutely adore. But there's some stuff that just feels like it just feels like Priest going off without an editor. And I feel like the the God stuff in the last two issues, you only did half of that, and it would have been plenty. That's I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the only part I care about right now. So <laughs> the uh, Malik stuff is like kind of cool. It's just not going anywhere. I feel like whereas I feel like the Black Adam stuff is going somewhere. It's so it to me that's just wild that you're saying that because in the last in this issue, Malik finally gets to like be a superhero for the first time, and that yet, that, he, that is all he has done, and it's four issues in. Whereas Black Adam has like gone to space and fought space dark side and then had a senate meeting and then almost died actually did die and then saw gods in the afterlife and came back and i mean i like yeah, the black well, adam stuff but i feel like that i feel like the malik stuff is i feel like there's more action in that stuff eh. than, than the last few issues at least maybe i'm just a more cerebral reader then yeah yes you are for sure <laughs> no I'm not. Uh, You're a real cerebro reader. Yeah, the Etrigan stuff is cool. Priest actually does decent uh, Etrigan rhyming. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah, it, it, again, if you're going to use Etrigan, you better you better just 
do all the rhyming. I have no interest in a non-rhyming Etrigan. Um, but yeah, that's uh. Oh, I, we should also mention that Rafa Sandoval's art continues to be really fucking good in this book. Yeah, just like Sandoval has leveled up so much over the last couple of years, and specifically the chaos of the Etrigan stuff is really, really well rendered. And the, there's this thing that that happens with the whenever there's lightning. That the coloring, and I, I forget who's the colorist on this. Um, looking it up now. But the coloring goes like a little bit haywire. Um, oh, Matt Herms. Like every, everything gets really washed out and uh, bright. And it's just, it's the coloring is really great in those in those segments. And I just think that, that this, this book looks fantastic and that. Sandoval's doing a good enough job that even if you're getting a little bit bored by one half of the story, everything looks so good that it doesn't drag down your enjoyment of reading the book overall. At least that's how I'm feeling about it. I uh, It's funny that we are talking about these three books in the order that we're talking about them in because these are the three books I'm probably the most interested in reading at DC right now in the order of interest. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that overall this is good. I, I also I I will admit that um, this issue I probably read faster than I should have with the God stuff, but I just I wasn't I wasn't being drawn in by by the God stuff. So maybe if I reread this, I'll have a different opinion, and I'll let you know, Zach. Fair enough. Vince, anything else to add here? Um, no, no. All right, well, let's take a break, and when we return, we'll talk about our final book of the week, so stay tuned. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together, we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week, we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month, we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed, like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinbro, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. And we are back with our discussion of The Flash, number 786. This is a Dark Crisis tie-in, but it is uh, we are now past the Search for Barry Allen story. This is written by Jeremy Adams, illustrated by Amon K. Nahuelpan. And uh, there is so much brian nip in this book guys uh jeremy adams must be a listener hey what's up jeremy uh because there is just so much stuff for me in this book whether it's um our man and jesse quick's marriage being referenced for the first time in like a decade uh whether it's making fun of roy harper's baseball cap whether it is uh, just there's, there's 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 just so many great character moments. I love the stuff with the West family. Uh, we have also suffered through a lot of really bad art on the Flash, and this is really good art on the Flash. I think Amon K's stuff is just really um, exciting to look at and very fun. 
I completely want a like a webtoons book that is just the um uh the West family and the uh why am I blank of uh, the Baker family on a on a road trip vacation. I want that book so badly. Um the thunderclap that Jay is doing that he's the obsessed with with the zombies. All of this is so good. Clary and the Witch Boys got everything. This has everything I want out of a DC comic. I love it so much. This feels like more than being just a flash book. This feels like a DC universe book in the best way. Yes. This also, I think, makes it. Um, it's one of the first times that Dark Crisis has felt like a universe spanning event. Yes, you absolutely. You know, so. Yeah. Someone else talk about this book. Well, the thing that I really appreciated about it is something that you mentioned, Brian, which is that we see a lot of um, books where they do like the. Um, the, the, the monster of the week or like the like the action scene of the week. And it's full of this like generic dialogue that's like, you know, let's go. We can we can take him or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. this is packed to the gills with little character moments. It feels like any time a character makes an aside to another character during a during a fight or during what, you know, whatever. Um, there's a purposeful character beat put into it. You know, you already mentioned the cracks about uh, uh, Roy Harper's hat and just the stuff about um, uh, Irie kind of having some attitude towards uh, towards Damien towards, towards Damien. Yeah. Like that, that whole, that recurring motif was very fun. Um, the animal, the uh, Maxine Baker, being like buddies with Irie and, and, you know, maybe six months ago or, or maybe even a year ago, they uh, had their first meetup and now here they're meeting again. And so that's a fun thing. Um, it not, no, no interaction is wasted, you know, mm -hmm. where I feel like less, less careful writers or less detailed writers are, are okay to just, okay, well, here's the fight scene. Just throw some generic uh, fight scene dialogue in there. This comic has like three different fights in three different locations, right? Because they're essentially the the fat the Flash family is running around helping the different factions in uh, Dark Crisis try to solve whatever problem. You know, um, over over in Europe, the JSA is fighting undead Nazis or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like over here, the Teen Titans are fighting whoever, you know. But none of those are generic fight scenes because of all this extra stuff that's added um, in the dialogue. And it's it's really, really, really a joy to read. It's not some it's not something you're just breezing past. Then those scenes are not disposable. You know, um, they feel like they're. it feels like classic. DC. It's what I in my mind's eye really loved about reading DC Comics back before Flashpoint when it felt like a living, breathing world, you know, yep. because it felt like these characters had so much relationship to one another. And if they didn't, somebody went or went about building it, 
you know yes and that's um, what i was talking about with world's finest also that the these two books books feel very apiece to me because of that mm-hmm. where they both feel like anyone can show up at any time and it wouldn't feel out of place this feels like a very exact set like a very much like a dc universe book yeah absolutely uh let's talk about the art a little bit too yeah uh, i mean it it finally fits for a flash title mm-hmm. i think is the big thing like again when they're racing around to these different places like they actually look like speedsters <laughs> i feel like so often dc gets that wrong you know they, they sometimes they hire like perfectly fine artists to, to to draw the book but when you put them on flash it's just not quite right, right. you know yeah um yeah there there's just a certain movement and fluidity to this book yeah what do we think the fraction is? Do we know? Matt, Matt fraction. <laughs> Matt, Matt fraction is coming. Yeah. No, isn't that just the, I think that's whatever's behind the great darkness. Like there, we've, there's been teased that something is like controlling the great darkness or whatever and making it bad. Yes. I, th- I think that's all that is. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 that's how I kind of saw it too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it it's a little shocking to me that this winds up being like the most dark crisis book of all when it's not even really a dark crisis book. But, you know, I'll take it where uh, I can get it. The real dark crisis is the Flash family you made along the way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if that if that's the overall, like if that's what comes out of this is that the Flash family is is like fully integrated back into the DC universe in a really important way then Dark Crisis is totally worth it for me. How, how can you not love the the West family interactions? I love that. The, the, by the way, I also love that Jay and Irie call Jay Garrick uh, Poppy. <laughs> That's just great. What was the bit where Jay called Linda Judy? Was that like a Golden Age reference that... I, you know, I meant to go back and look that up. I don't think so. I just thought that it was Judy from Twin Peaks. Uh, Jow, Jow Day, you mean? Yeah, exactly, yes. David Bowie um, walks on panel and... Yeah. This says, is, what, what, what uh, year is it? What year is it? Yeah. We're not no, Judy... talking about Judy. Yeah. <laughs> Judy Garrick is, is... is... I mean, isn't that just... Hang on. Is that his wife? Uh, I think it's his wife, yeah. Was she, did she do flash stuff back in there? Cause it seemed like he was like triggered by that costume is how I read that. I think all the blood just rushed to his dick and he didn't know what to say anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Judy Garrick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he was just he was just like taken by her. Just you know, it made him think back to the to the girl. I also don't know like in this continuity 
because for a while i want to say like the jsa because they were exposed to radiation they were younger but their spouses weren't so i don't know if his wife is still around in this continuity i think she is right haven't we seen her recently her his wife in continuity uh i don't know about that Uh oh. Anyway, hmm. this, this is making for terrible radio. It's fine. This book, this, this book slaps. And in that, I'm referencing the NBC series, The Slap. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it should be a uh, it should be really fun to see where this goes going forward. Like I'm, I'm interested to see how the things in this book play out after Dark Crisis. Like, you know, so so much of this stuff is is specifically Dark Crisis like related. I'm I'm interested to see if there's no. His be- wife is Joan. Not oh Judy. yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, I'm telling you, it's Twin Peaks. <laughs> Fuck you guys! I knew that wasn't right. I knew it was a J not- name. It's 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 gonna be his missing daughter or something. Maybe this is something that came up in in Flashpoint Beyond as well. Was it? Yeah. When? It. I don't know when. <laughs> how dare you? How dare we ask you when? How, I, are I, you I sure? Uh, yeah. Yes. In what context? I don't remember that at all. No. I'm telling you, I just Googled it right now. That's all I'm telling you. I, I no Googled Judy clue. Garrick and nothing came up. <sighs> Judy Garrick, DC Comics. Let's see. Flashpoint Beyond number two references Judy Garrick. Listen, it's it's Uncle Rich has it, of course. Of course he does, yeah. Hmm. Ah, oh, they, okay. Here. They got to work on their SEO. That was like the third or fourth article <laughs> down. Judy Garrick and the Childminder. Who? Oh boy. Ooh. Ooh. Who's Who's writing Flashpoint Beyond? Um, <laughs> who has the lost sons and the lost daughters? Jeremy Adams is. That's true. That is true. He's one of the writers. You know, I was thinking about that the other day about how like shitty it is when we talk about Flashpoint Beyond, we only talk about Johns. That's true. I mean, what do you want from us? I guess good journalism, but yeah, Uh, we're not. Hey, I never claimed to be a journalist. That's true. Anything else? Now that we've ummed and odd for five minutes, anything else to say about this book? No. All right, Vince, what comes out next week? I don't know, <laughs> man. <sighs> I just want to get to the Morrison stuff <laughs> so badly. It's referencing an off-show conversation, but yes. <laughs> yeah, well. They know. This is, this is, they, okay. they get it. They get it. Action Comics, 1047. Batman Beyond the White Knight, uh, number five. Batman Fortress, number five. Batman the Audio Adventures, number one. Blood Syndicate, number five. Uh, Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead, number one. Hell to the King, DC baby. Mac, yeah, DC Mech uh, three. 
uh, uh, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths tie in DC Mac number three. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, DC versus Vampires nine, Deathstroke Inc. 13, Detective Comics 1064, Harley Quinn 22, uh, Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes number six. Oh my god. Oh, wait, that Uh, comes out next week. Yeah. Oh, gotta pull. Okay. Superman Space Age 2, Task Force Z 12, Human Target 7, uh, Nice House on the Lake 10, uh, Sandman Universe Nightmare Country number 6, and Tim Drake Robin number 1. Oh, I know uh, one of those books I want to read. <laughs> speaking of Legion of Superheroes, uh, I'm writing a weekly thing about the Paul Levitt's Legion of Superheroes for multiversitycomics.com. Uh, leading up to and going past the Great Darkness Saga. So check that out. Yeah, it's very good. It's fine. It's fun. It's very I'm good. having fun, which I never would have imagined. Well, if you <laughs> want to find Zach having fun on Twitter, uh, both he and I hang out there. He is at what? The Woke of Z. And I am at Brian Needs a Nap. And uh, if you need to find Vince, he is making the case for us to read Joe the Barbarian. <laughs> That's right. Jojo the Barbarian. It, it is it is canonically bizarre adventure. He does have a pretty bizarre adventure, but it's because he has he diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like an SNL Debbie Downer. Yes, it is. That's what that's what she would say. Well folks, thanks for listening. We will speak with you soon. Bye. within the first scene like it's like galadriel and her brother um who i won't like it like admit that i just like knew right off the bat like when it came up that that was him but then they said his name and then i i literally did like the like the meme of like i leo pointing the the leo pointing the looking to my wife and whispering that's finn rodfell again (laughs) 